Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk, everyone. Um, today, I'm, I'm so excited because this woman is a bundle of energy. She just bounces across the floor when you see her because she's just so happy and so jovial and so full of gratitude for life and all that it offers. And uh, today I'm talking to Mary Wu. So welcome to the um, show, Mary. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm so honored to be here, and I'm still bouncing off the walls, <laughs> still on a high. Um, but you're always high in life. You always got to be grateful. Well, before we we want to talk a little bit about your experience with the the transplant games, but just uh, give our listeners a little uh, recap of your health history, if you can. Yeah, sure. So. Um, I was born with renal agenesis and renal, I'm sure we all know, kidneys, and agenesis means just not fully developed. So I had one kidney that was shrinking and the other one that was deformed. I went into end-stage kidney disease. Um, my kidneys went kaput by the time I was three years old. Um, that was 1985 when they went kaput. And I was on dialysis, peritoneal dialysis from 1985 to 1987. Um, very different, you know, I'm sure Lori can vouch for it. That <laughs> yeah, very different. Very different back then as opposed to now with um, the kidney world and medical advances and all of that. So no one was a match to donate uh, a kidney to me, a living donor. So I received my first kidney transplant January 30th, 1987. Um, at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine uh, at Bronx, New York, New York, New York. And um, that first kidney transplant went lasted until 1994. I, re- I remember receiving news that my kidney, the first kidney transplant was starting to, to go, and I was placed on the national waiting list February of 1995. And then in May 1995, May 5th specifically, at Westchester Medical Center, I received my second kidney transplant from a pediatric donor, um, and it's been the going 23 years. I can't believe it. Like, where does the time go? And it's just amazing. It's just like, I'm like, whoa, it's it's crazy and it's wonderful, and just got to embrace it, totally embrace it. And what's your creatinine? It's, um, so I was at my transplant center before I went to the transplant games back in, I want to say April, and it was 0.8. That's pretty darn yeah. good. Does it get better? Well, actually, mine's 0.7, so it does get a little better, but you're, you're 23 years that, out. Exactly. Eight is a lucky number in Chinese, so I'm happy with my eight. Well, uh, you just uh, competed in the transplant games, and just to give everybody a little background, uh, the transplant games were created in the early 90s, and they were created by, um, and they were run by the National Kidney Foundation. And then in, um, I went for several years. I went to the World Games. And then in 2012, the a, a new entity took over the transplant games. And uh, I hear they're pretty magnificent. You just got back from them, right? Yeah, I just got back. Well, I did a side trip on my own. But the games this year, they went from August 2nd to August 
7th. I left a little earlier to take a side trip on my own, but um, it was, it's been, it's spectacular. I've been going to the game since 2010, um, but in 2010, I didn't compete. I didn't do, I was kind of just, I kind of just want to soak it all in like a sponge. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to observe everything. And then I was like, you know what? In 2012, when um, I, it became like Donate Life, Transplant Games of America, when th- when it became that, then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just totally go for it. And that's when I started competing in the games. And the games are every two years in a different U.S. state. Um, and it's, it's a huge celebration of life, huge tribute to our heroes, our, you know, our living donors, our donor families, and just full of gratitude and just honoring them and honoring life. So how did you get involved? Did, was there a local community group of people that were a team? Yeah, so um, it's states compete, competing. I mean, I use that term loosely because it's really not about the competition. It's really showing that organ, eye, and tissue donation, and now bone marrow transplant uh, recipients can participate too. But anyhow, um, it's it's state by state, and the team I belong to is Team Liberty, which is a part of or under New Jersey Sharing Network, which is in New Jersey, obviously, mm-hmm. and it consists of New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut for this year. Connecticut joined us for this year. And there were over 130 athletes, you know, recipients, living donors, um, donor families, all, like, come together and then just go to this huge, massive venue. And, you know, it is, I mean, like I mentioned, state, states competing in states. But, again, I use that term very, very loosely. <laughs> And does it, do you have to apply? Do you have to, what's the qualification for being on a team? You have had to have your transplant for a certain amount of time because like, obviously after you just receive a transplant, you, I mean, you can't go, you know, you have to get a medical clearance and you have to have a waiver um, completed, obviously. So it's after a certain amount of time that you can, I believe it's like, I want to say like nine months out, four to nine, like nine months out. It's definitely less than a year, but it's not like, you know, four weeks later, you know what right. I mean, after a life-saving transplant. So, um, what, but then there are transplant recipients that don't get a medical clearance even when they've been many years out of a transplant. It really depends on their personal medical conditions and how they're doing. But other than that, as long as you get the medical clearance and you know, you're you're up for it and you're ready to go and just have a huge party, then go for it. <laughs> People can attend. And, and what do you do? So you sign up through your team, and if somebody's listening, if they don't have a team, uh, they can just look online, and we're going to create, uh, we're going to leave a website link on this podcast. But because they won't be for yeah, two more absolutely. years, they won't be till 2020 will be the next transplant games, right? Yes, and actually my team, New Jersey Sharing Network, they are going to be hosting, so right in my backyard. And just to give you a website for further information and just, you know, to clarify any details, you go to just www.transplantgamesofamerica.org. Okay, and that it's sounds a great, pretty I mean, easy. it's very user-friendly and has all the necessary information and even more than that. So what you, once you decide you're on the team and got the medical clearance... Then do you just go online and pick which 
categories you want to participate in and what what did you have to choose from? Yes, yeah, so there's a registration and there's also a listing of all the different events. And when I speak of events, I'm not just speaking of like athletic sporting events, but there's a whole bunch, like a whole plethora of other type of events that are for obviously for donor families and living donors. Like there's a donate life tribute or donor tribute ceremony, um, obviously to our living donors and donor families. There's a welcome reception for them as well. There's something called coffee house conversations where anyone can just go and just share their story and, um, it's extremely inspiring, comforting, you know, cause you're in a place, a safe place just to share and whatever you deem comfortable. Um, there are the athletic events. So I participated in swimming because I swim like four or five days a week. If, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm like a beach whale. I love swimming. <laughs> so I did 50 free and 50 back. Um, there's like, there's track and field. There's basketball, which is really competitive and really exciting. There's pickleball. There's bowling. There's donor recipient bowling. There's, um, ballroom dancing, there's just, I mean, you name it, they probably, they have it. I mean, they have cornhole, which I, <laughs> that came about just a couple of years ago. I was like, what's cornhole? So, <laughs> so they're always coming up with some kind of some event kind of game. and activity. Well, I know when I went there where uh, I was in, um, I did bowling and table tennis. Yes. And it was always very, very fun. And the thing that was interesting is that, you know, in certain competitions, it gets really, you know, there's some good players. I mean, you're like, man, you're really good. Am I watching the real Olympics? Because <laughs> um, yeah, in addition... Like, people are very, like, they're amazing. My, my sister, this, this was um, the first time my sister accompanied me. I never had someone... Um, come with me. I usually go on my own, but my sister is blown away because she does open water swims. I mean, we're talking like ocean swims and she could not believe like the, like the double lung recipients, they always kick my butt. Okay. <laughs> I think it's because they, you know, they know about like, it's a huge gift. Their lungs are breathing again. So they know like how to maintain their breathing and their oxygen. And the medals that they win, they're just like spectacular. The amount of time they can do a stroke within, you know, a, a certain allotted time, it's it's out of this world. Like, my sister's like, oh, my God. It's like, these people are better than me. And I'm like, yeah, and, and these people have had transplants. So the, the double lung transplant uh, beat the kidney in the swimming oh, competition. Yeah. Well, at least, uh, well, see, people say it's a quote-unquote disadvantage because I'm short because I'm, you know, not even five foot. So think about it. Like, Michael Phelps, who's, uh, he's like a freaking tower, Okay, so his wingspan is massive, so he can reach the end, you know, the wall sooner. When you're shorter, you got to work harder to reach right. that wall, and it, literally a millisecond will matter. So they say, oh, it's a disadvantage because you're short. And I'm like, but I was having a blast. For me, it's just having fun and just to be with my family. This is my transplant family and community again. And jump in the water when it's hot in the middle of the day, right? <laughs> I'm I'm the one that gets after the because people do get stressed about competing. You know, I think it's natural. Like, I think especially in us like transplant recipients, you go in this mode of like survival and um like just 
just, you know, survival of the fittest and, oh, I got to, like, beat this or win this. I think it's something innate in us when you've been through so many, like, health challenges and whatnot. So, for me, I'm just, I just want to jump in the water. So, after all the games are over, I'm just recruiting people. I'm like, who wants to jump in the water with me? <laughs> and because I wasn't able to do that stuff. So, now I just right. get a total adrenaline rush and just such joy out of it. Now, um, with your team, did they win any medals? Oh, yeah. So, I asked that because I was like, oh, I need someone to do a breakdown for me. So, Team Liberty, according to the latest stats, because I did, like, a bunch of stuff on that. Okay, so I was told 37 gold medals, 36 silver, 25 bronze. Bronze is bronze? Is that plural? Yeah. That's pretty good. I yeah, mean, I think you guys really... did better than the Olympics that we just had. <laughs> it was just one little, one little, um, I think so one little section I, of the country. I encourage everyone, anyone, to go to it, because it's just, you can't even put into words. It's just, like, with those... It's just something experience, and it's so individual for each person, you know. So when you arrive at the games, do you check into like a hotel? Um, are there a lot of hotels that are around the venue that everybody participates in? Just uh, tell me what it was like when you arrived. Okay, so um, they really think so. They think very, very carefully about the venue. About this. Well, first of all, every state has like not every state, but interested states to hold this event, they have to put in a bid, okay? And what happens is they think very carefully about the logistics because wherever it ends up being, I've been going since 2012, there's typically a a main hub, like a convention center, and then around that convention center are a multitude of um, hotel options because they want to make it obviously user-friendly and convenient to just try to walk to the venue or there's so it's either walkable or there's been transit that's been provided um at the game so this one this one in 2018 in salt lake city there was the main salt lake city convention center tons of hotels nearby and it was just very 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 convenient and did your team stay in the same hotel most of us stayed at the same hotel the marriott but there were tons of other accommodations so there was there was just a whole lineup of ho- of of hotels there was most of the transfer recipients or you know participants whoever attended there was the hilton that was really really popular there was holiday inn very very popular um marriott where we stayed at where my team mainly stayed at very popular and literally the convention center is right there. Well, I and you know, I'm very familiar with the Marriott that you speak about because I had an experience once is I was there to speak at a a kidney convention. It was like a professional Mm -hmm. meeting. And it was at the same time that the little people of America were having their annual conference. And I have to tell you, Mary, I felt so tall. I cannot Uh tell you. you, you can identify with this. But I, I totally was. Identify. You must have felt like a giant. I I did. I walked in and it was just one of those experiences. They had little steps going up to the counter, so you could get up to the counter. The little people could, and I didn't need Aww. them. I felt so tall. I can't. I was actually the person reaching things for people. It was an amazing, oh, amazing you must experience. Have felt really special. Like, I oh, did. I felt so taller different. than I look 
for sure. Yes, taller in more ways and always. So then um, you went to opening ceremonies, and do you all walk around uh, the people participating? Do you all walk around a, a venue? or? Uh, yes, you- so I got there August 2nd just to try to familiarize myself with the, the lo- you know, the location, you know, where, because I can get lost in a shoebox. So, so I wanted to try to familiarize myself with everything, anything, and um, the oh, a lot of people do arrive sooner to get familiar, you know, f- familiar with their surroundings. But the opening ceremony is it was the next day on the third, and it's massive and huge because it's all the teams, all you know, all around the U.S. and we line up team by team, and we're called in. As, I don't know how they figured out the order, but they do. And it was at the Smith Baseball Field, which was huge. <laughs> and there were men still, still to be seats. Like, there were still seats to, like, fit people, but it was a great location to try to fit everybody. And I want to, like, add here, they also um, hone in, obviously, on the donor families, like, because they get the biggest applause of all for obvious reasons. And there's also a group called the Quarter Century Club, which are individuals who have had their transplants for 25 years and up. And for me, I'm in that club because they counted both of my transplants together. Right. No, I know. I'm in the Quarter Century Club, too. It's uh, yeah. it's exciting to, um, you know, have the, you know, make up. I've had two transplants that have lasted over 25 years. Yes. Exactly. And, and then you basically let the games begin after that. So did you go watch uh-huh. other people per- uh, participate? And and what was that all like? I didn't have a chance to really, because it, it was so, it, there's always something to do. Like, I really want to go to the coffee house conversations. That's really important to me and speak with donor families and living donors. But, you know, obviously I took a glimpse and it's, the energy is, uh, you can't even put into words the energy and the excitement and the enthusiasm for not just cheering for your team, you know, but just just to be there is you can't even measure it. It's completely immeasurable. And there's um, also in the convention center, there's something known as the TGA Village, Transplant Games America Village, and it's you know there are people who are um, you know in the transplant community, healthcare professionals, organizations giving out information, you know merchandise, all of that. So it's the, that's why the convention center is like a, a main hub. And did you make any new friends? Yes, it was a reunion, obviously, uh, to meet you know to see people again after two years or maybe even longer. But I there's there's someone in particular that really stood out to me. He's from Ohio, and he was a living kidney donor, and he donated to his mother, I think in his late 20s, early 30s, and really tragically, eight years later, the, his mother passed away. It was due to other complications, but and he's had his own personal health challenges and issues, and um, really health challenges, and but to hear to hear him speak like, oh, I didn't do this for recognition. I didn't become a living donor for recognition. It's just what you do. It's just, I mean, when you someone you love is, you know, needs help and you can do it if you're in a position to do it, then just do it. And it's, it's just that that keeps 
it brings everything back for me, meeting someone else who was 89 years old. I believe it was from, like, the Chicago area. Um, he was amazing. Like, he was doing, like, track and field. It was, or watching little kids swim in the competitions when they recently had their transplants. Uh, it's, it, it leaves you very humbled and in awe of life. I know. It is. It's such an amazing gift. And, uh, you know, just to have the camaraderie of a group of people that if you were to ever forget your medications, you're covered because we all pretty much take mm-hmm. the same meds. Um, not that I'm saying you forget your meds, but it's always interesting yeah. because there's no other group that you can feel that way with, that you've all yeah. all experienced the same thing of, unfortunately, with a lot of organs, somebody else had to pass away so you could live. Kidneys are a yeah. little different. Um but many of us did receive the gift of life from somebody who passed away. So there's a certain amount of, um, and I'm trying to think what the word is, but it, it's just yeah. it's just sadness because to think of yeah. that. And uh, I always loved what somebody said to me because when I received a deceased donor kidney, mm-hmm. they said, you know, you didn't you didn't cause the death. The death was going to happen no matter what. And yeah. the fact no, that they could I mean, donate. It was yeah. a beautiful gift, and you're honoring them by that. So I always thought that was an interesting way to look at it. That's definitely a very interesting and very truthful way of looking at it. And it, when, I, when, I, when I go to the games, it's just, oh, this is, you know, it's just a, it's the greatest gift. And to be in a place where, I mean, just people get it. That's all I can, like, that's all I can muster up is that people get it. You don't have to explain it. You're just in a safe place so, uh, so people understand. Once you returned home because of the closing ceremonies, and I know they had one of the largest gathering of transplant recipients in the United States all under one roof, which was pretty amazing. Yes. So how long did it take you to recover? <laughs> I'm still not recovered. And that's even with me taking a side trip. <laughs> because again, like, that's why I took a side trip to try to uh, debrief try to recover but um you don't really for me at least i it it just it sits and stays with me it's another it's another memory it's another time full of memories and experiences that you savor like i completely just savor it and enjoy it and love it and i see myself going to the games, as long as they're going, then I'm going. Well, and what's so interesting is I remember when I attended that when I came back, it was, you know, you're such on an emotional high because you've met so many people and you've stayed up way too late because you don't want to miss anything and you need almost a a week to recover from the games Mm -hmm. because you're so full of that adrenaline rush and hope mm-hmm. and it's a uh, it's a great experience um it's great to be uh, tired like that because of that yeah it's one of the greatest experiences and i think even more so for people like my sister said that she learned even more about me after going to the games oh wow like, she finally, like, she's like, oh, wow, I've learned more about you and about the transplant community from going to these, you know, games, which are five days, and I've been, you've been alive and going for 36 years, and I've learned more about you within this time frame. And I think even more so for people outside, 
well, I don't want to say outside, but people who maybe have not had a transplant or anything of that nature and they go to it, I think it's just as wow factor than anything else. Well, and I think it's so important because it's like an immersion program and people see us get transplanted. They see, you know, the slow recovery. But when you're at a game with, you know, thousands of people attending Mm -hmm. in different capacities, um, you know, it's more of an immersion program and they can totally feel what we went through and what other people go through and also connect to other family members who can share with what they felt. And I think it helped reinforce Mm-hmm. Their feelings. Yeah. So what? What is this plan next year? Uh, two more years. So they're going to be held in the New York area. Yeah. So the New Jersey Sharing Network. They are. They are the host. Um, twenty twenty, the Meadowlands. So stay tuned. <laughs> and I'm. It's the first time that I'll. It's the first game, I should say, where it's. Like, I really don't have to travel that far. Not that I never, I never mind traveling. I think it's always exciting and exhilarating to travel. But, um, there's a lot to be coming down the pike with that. And all the preparation, it probably needs two years or plus to do it. But you you do it. It's great. It's going to be a thrill. Well, and one thing I actually forgot to ask is, uh, do, does the team help fundraise for the group to go? Or how do you start preparing if you want to participate in two years? Because obviously there's some expense that comes along with going to the game. Yeah, so fundraising is definitely a part of uh, the team because it's a collaboration. Um, because the more funds or fundraising that you do, then the more pool of money comes in. Um, not just, you know, for the travel expenses or whatnot, but just really getting the word out about the games and about um, organizing tissue donation, transplantation, and all that. So when you go to transplantgamesamerica.org, you can see, like, a listing of all the different teams that are closest in your area. And they, they're all the team managers I met, but, I, of course, I'm biased with the team managers I have. They are just stellar. I mean, it's very difficult. It's very arduous to be a manager, and they do it, and they they do it so like effortlessly. But yeah, team, but definitely fundraising is a part of it, and you know, because we all help each other out to get the word out, get ourselves there. Well, that sounds like a, a, a an experience in itself. Just everybody coming together to help everybody attend. So with yeah. that, Mary, I look forward to, you know, uh, in 2020, that's got such a, I can't believe it's 2020. I know. I was saying that too. I'm like, 2020? I still remember when I turned 2000. I'm like, whoa, I know. how did 2020 sound psychedelic? The world was going to end when 1999 went to 2000 because uh, the computers couldn't handle it. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> well, it's so wonderful to speak to you and your enthusiasm and Joy for Life is uh, such a tribute to all people who donated a, an organ. And uh, I, I just thank you for sharing your experience. Always great speaking with you, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. And everyone, definitely check it out and just go for it. You'll, you will not regret it. It is just out of this world. So you have two years to plan. And yeah. it's a, so, Mary, can you repeat the website that people can go to to learn more about it and start preparing to get ready for 2020? 
Yeah, sure thing. It's www.transplantgamesofamerica.org. Thank you, Mary. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.